Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory across the board. And Great pre-owned inventory. Back by the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. Great sales staff, fabulous service department. They get it done for you at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. It's now at the point when I come in to do the show, I just check to see if there's any Eagles news. That way... I know whether I'm allowed to ease into the show or whether I have to take on the responsibility of being the staff psychologist. (laughs) No, we're good today. Thank you for checking in. Just making sure. I mean, it's a big worry every day. (laughs) Ross Tucker, 340 today. Peter King, 406. Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus on the Senior Bowl at 4.35. Other than that, it's another average day at the office. I'm sure you felt that way. It's another average day at the office. You think? Sounds to me like you're not sure. This suit was distracting me. Here, in fact, the legendary Fran Fisher, legendary Fran Fisher, one time a member of the network sales staff came up to him and said, I need to talk to you about a few things. You know what his response was? Go sell something. All right, so uh, that's... uh, (laughs) It's true. I was right there when he said it. I still to this day laugh about that. Go sell something. That should have been your response. You're invaluable to the company. The company needs you. So you can pop off at him. You don't feel that way about it? Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh. So how was it last night? How was the game last night? Uh, it was ugly, which is a, what was about expected considering the, all the circumstances that Shikalemi's been under. And, too, yeah, too too much to overcome. Yeah, and Chamokin only had one win coming into last night, and after winning their first game, they lost four straight. It's a very inexperienced team, too, so you can just imagine how that trying to navigate through that during this crazy season would be a little bit challenging. So Chamokin won last night's game. Despite committing 28 turnovers. In a 32-minute game. Yes. 
Okay. It's a 32-minute game. And we had about a 15, 20-minute delay because the JV game didn't start on time because the rim was broken. Oh, I thought it was a 28-minute delay because of the Suits entry music. <laughs> now they've gotten past that. Yeah. They've learned to work around that now. <laughs> I'm here. Tim Ford, the game. AD at Chickalemi, knows that by now. It's a big game. I think I saw Tim... I made a speech at Michigan. Uh, it was at Eastern Michigan University. To the Penn State Club of Michigan. And I think Tim was there that night. As a matter of fact. Hmm. No, seriously. Uh, he was there that night. And I remember... It was done in their basketball arena. And it was really well set up. It was very nice. But I'm sitting out there, and then they're going through the usual, you know, up at the podium. You know, they, they want to make, you know, everybody wants to make the intro special and the whole thing. And they always say, what do you want me to say about it? He said, just say I'm here. Just say, here's Steve. Here we go. <laughs> Not, seriously, I'm like, I don't care what you say. But I do appreciate they're trying to be nice about it, but like I don't care. And so I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and finally the intro's done, and I walk up on the stage. And I said, I want to thank you for giving me such a great seat. And I said to sit there and listen to part of the program and and listen to your introduction. I said, I also sat there and I kept glancing up at the ceiling. I said, I want to thank you because I kept glancing up at the 1991 Eastern Michigan Sweet 16 banner up above. I said, of course, you do know that in double overtime, they beat Penn State to get to the Sweet 16 in that tournament. I said, it just brought back so many great memories. Thanks so much for allowing me to sit there and endure it. (laughs) Uh, It got a good laugh in the room. Oh, yeah, I think Tim was there. I think Tim was there that night, as a matter of fact. And he brought up the suit's name. Then he starts shaking. I was like, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) That's surprising. He's worked with them a long time. I think that could be the reason. (laughs) Valid point. I've worked with them for a long time. (laughs) Touche. Well, looks like we're going to get a little bit of snow here on Sunday, Monday, buddy boy. Yes, that's just great. What? Everything is a complaint with you. Okay? Listen, every time it snows, that gives me more work around here. Give Luke a little shovel and let's see what he can do. We're working on that. Is he walking now? Oh, yeah. And climbing. You name it, he's doing it. Good for him. All right. Athletic. All right. Oh, thank goodness, thank goodness for mom. All right, so <laughs> you may not be wrong about that. <laughs> he at least get his cardio stamina from mom. He maybe get it anything else from me. So, so we're not we're not uh, surfing. No. Right? we're actually like full bore. I let go and I walk. Oh yeah. Wow. When did he start that? Uh about last Christmas. month, yeah, it was. It Christmas? was like early December. It was. It was real, it's when it really started kicking into high gear. Ah, yeah. Well, there's certain milestones along the way. Uh, next will be 
you know, really f- like starting to form sentences. Then they, then the potty training thing. At that point, you start like clearing these big hurdles. So, yep. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I told you when, when my last child got married, my son. I told you I was standing there with Jack Ham and Dick Girardi at the at the uh, reception. It was up in St. Mary's in Elk County. And I said, uh, and they said well, they said, yeah, typical Jack. Jack looks over and says, I know we're not talking about sports here. You're like, okay, well, you stop talking about your own life. Who cares? Uh, but uh, so Jack looks over at me. He says, oh, man, five for five. He says, I was down to my last toaster. <laughs> And I said, guys, I said, the first half of this reception was for Chris and Angela. And Dick says, what's the second half for? He said, me. (laughs) (laughs) said, I'm going to have some fun. This is the last one i got to pay for. (laughs) Rightfully so. Yeah, let's have some fun here. I said, I'm going to have some fun tonight. It's the last one. It's, It's not quite two years yet, but it's getting there. All right. Once again, it's very important for us to recognize the great Gary Goloszewski. He always listens to the podcast. Now he can he can listen to it and have peace of mind. All right. <laughs> the curator of the Tom McGrath tailgate. Okay, Penn State last night. This is, I was on Sirius XM this morning, and they asked me about the game. And I said, well, this game is an example of why the Big Ten is regarded the way it is. The Big Ten is not sitting there with four awesome and incredible teams and a lot of also-rans after that. So the depth of the Big Ten means that on every single night or every single afternoon, if it's a weekend, you're going to get games like this where you're not sure who's going to win the darn thing, and it doesn't matter what the standings say because that is the quality of the league. That's why a Penn State can walk into a Virginia Tech and hand them one of their only one of their only two losses of the season. For Penn State, Jim, uh, Jim Ferry has done, I have to give him a lot of credit, he has done a great job. Remember, he steps into a tough situation. He's got to keep the team together. He's got to keep them engaged. They're up. They're not exactly enamored with what's going on. He's got to get them focused to play a season, and he's done that. Because remember, he was planning on being the, quote, offensive coordinator his entire offseason. Well, he's been able to do that. And they've been in a position to win. They've had a lot of 50-50 games. And they're not getting the wins in some of those 50-50 games. Indiana was a 50-50 game. Now, we can argue about why it ended up knowing going Penn State's way. I got that part. Michigan. It's one of the few 50-50 games Michigan's had all year. Rutgers was a 50-50 game. Won it. Northwestern's a 50-50 game. Won it. Ohio State's a 50-50 game, didn't win it. When Jamari Wheeler missed the two free throws with 3.29 to go, and I know there's been a lot of focus on free throw shooting and blah, 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 blah. I got it, okay? 
But there's a lot more that goes into it than just the, simp- the, the, the simple Simon stuff that some people tend to focus on. I thought that, that Jim called some great stuff last night. You know, Dredd hit a three, Lundy hit a three, and then they had other shots that were great calls, but the shots weren't hit. So they're getting the right calls offensively at the right moment, and it looks great when Dredd hits his, when Lundy hits his, but then the other guys don't. They ended up going two for their last ten from the field. Now the question will be, for the third consecutive game, you've gone, you've had to go with a seven-person rotation because Sam Sessoms didn't play last night. So did that enter into it? And I'll talk to Jim about that tonight, obviously. Um, did that enter into it? Because there was no Sam Sessoms. And then you had to play a chunk of the game without Jamari Wheeler. So Myron Jones had to move over, play the point. He hasn't done a lot of that this year because you've had Jamari and Sam, so Myron hasn't had to run the point. And the uh, it's and in the end, you're facing a team that hit twenty of twenty one free throws. Are you kidding me? It was machine like. Now they're a great free throw shooting team to begin with. When Justice suing is hitting 71% and is the weakest free-throw shooter in the lineup, in the starting lineup. Wow. That's what they do. But Penn State threw Ohio State off last night with their speed, their quickness, steals, runouts, transitioning offense to defense. Penn State had 23 points off of turnovers last night. Ohio State only had four. And... But in the end, you know, it's Ohio State closed in a 6-0 run. Matt, you know how they got the six points last night in their 6-0 run? Oh, the free throws, wasn't it? Free throw, free throw, free throw, free throw, free throw, free throw. That's how they got their six runs. There's no baskets. Ohio State didn't score, did not score a basket in the final 238 of the game. The only one, the only one I question, the only one I question, I really would have loved to have seen a replay. When suing went down, Dick and I both thought he just tripped over his own two feet. And he called a foul on Seth Lundy. And we really wanted to see a replay. Like, did, did Seth, did, did was there a foot there? Did he hit Seth's foot? Whatever. It just looked to us like he tripped and fell over his own two feet. And that was actually a pivotal play in the game, but we never got a replay for us to really take a look at it and really give you a solid commentary on whether or not it was legit or not. I just don't know. So now, here's the oddity. What did the game do for Penn State last night? They came in at 39. Guess where they are today? 36. So that now brings this into play. I keep talking about opportunity. They've got Wisconsin here on Saturday at 3. It is a 50-50 game. They need to win a game like that. Need to. They start winning a few of these games like that. 36 is going to become 26 quickly. People don't realize where this basketball team is right now. They entered last night's game on Joe Lenardi's board as one of the first four out. 
That's how close they are to being in. Now they've got to win some of these games. They've got to win a game with Wisconsin on on Saturday. Yeah, that's how that's that's how Dick and I look at it. This is a 50-50 game on Saturday. They need to get a game like that on Saturday. A 50-50 game. Because 36 is going to become 28 in a hurry if they win that game on Saturday. I'll talk to Jim about that tonight in the show. Also, Mark Pavlik tonight on the show as well. I assume we're carrying the show right tonight. We don't have, like, you know, story time with the suit or anything. <laughs> no, we're, we're good to go tonight. Because I know he was contemplating that. It was, I mean, yet, you know, there was a huge roadblock. I mean, there was two huge road, roadblocks to story time with the suit. Nobody wanted to sponsor it, and Roger hated the idea. All right, back with uh, more in a moment. <laughs> Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Ross Tucker, next half hour. Peter King, 406. Final half hour, Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus at the Senior Bowl on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. SMT has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top selling Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250 and slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of central Pennsylvania for over a century. Perfect sale ends Monday the 1st. Ben Roethlisberger says he's coming back. Or excuse me, the Steelers confirm that Roethlisberger's coming back. Before we get to Ross Tucker, uh, we'll touch on that in the next half hour. Then Peter King at 4.06. And Austin Gale, pro football focus on the Senior Bowl final half hour. Matt, blood pressure down today. No Eagles news to speak of. Or the Eagles news that I have, I've refused to tell him because we think it's just better for his health. No? I know nothing right now. That's exactly the way we need it. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. Sales staff is outstanding. A service department is fabulous. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. 
and online at summarymotors.com. About uh, four or five minutes away from Ross Tucker. And then Peter King at 4.06, Austin Gale Pro Football Focus, final half hour of the show tonight. Ben Roethlisberger for a moment. Uh, Art Rooney, the uh, second uh, today, was saying, no, he'll be back. And here's what's interesting about Roethlisberger. We know that arm strength-wise, it just didn't seem the same. Fair? Fair. Well... Let's remember something. I think something that has not been brought up, and I know everybody, all these guys have personal trainers. I mean, Matt has three. Uh, I'm watching crank out 300-yard dri- drives over at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club. I'm thinking, who is this guy's trainer? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, don't brag about it. Uh, so, um, so they all have personal trainers. But he just went through a... In going through a pandemic, the ability to do some of these things is not quite what it would be in a normal year. He's now going to have an off-season where maybe there's a transition, we'll see, to more normalcy. And I mean normalcy in terms of strength training, weight training, additional rehab. So let's see if in the 2021 season, having more normalcy in what would be a strength training and continued rehab on that elbow, what it means to his arm strength. Is it the same as it was this year? Or does he get himself to some area that's in between the old Ben and what we saw last season? That's something that needs to be thought of. I think we have to think of all these things differently than we did even a year ago. Because we don't know what effect the pandemic has on things we consider to be normal. What kind of off-season regimen did he really have last year? I go, yeah, he rehabbed. There's no doubt about that. But he, did he do it in such a way and do it as many days as was need be because places were closed? I mean, you, you don't know. You know, a lot of these guys have home gyms and so forth, so maybe he was able to get that. But I think having another off-season like that could be of great benefit to him. Because the Steelers are showing no indication they're going to draft a quarterback. They signed Dwayne Haskins. So that's going to be very interesting as well. All right. So we got that coming up. And uh, and by the way, all the coaching jobs are filled now in the NFL. David Culley is now the head coach of the Texans. Question is going to be, what that means for Deshaun Watson. We'll talk to Peter King about that in the next half hour as well. So, But we'll do that. Ross Tucker in just a few moments. That was one of the big stories today where Ben says, or not Ben, the Steelers say, oh yeah, he'll be back. Okay. Which is perfectly fine. I mean, to, the question is, are you going to get a Steeler offense that takes deep shots or do you stick around, stick with the quote pop gun offense they used this year? I know you know 
I mean, I should be able to tell you a lot about Matt Canada. I don't know how many games in my career I've done where Matt Canada's been on the opposite sideline. And the offensive coordinator is, and the quarterback coach is like, oh, Matt Canada, Matt Canada, Matt Canada, Matt Canada. <laughs> Everywhere I turn, Pitt, one game with, one game with Pitt, 2016, Matt Canada. <laughs> Head coach Maryland, Matt Canada. Indiana, I would say, yeah, Matt Canada. Wisconsin, Matt Canada. <laughs> that was the OC for the Steelers. Okay. Well, I always find uh, the nomadic world of certain coaches has always been interesting. As I said the other day, he gives me the impression, Matt Canada does, that he is the Larry Brown of assistant coaches in the NFL after all the stops he made in college. All right. Let's bring in the great Ross Tucker. Ross, welcome back. It is so great to have you back on the show, my friend. My pleasure, Steve. Always good to hear your voice and talk with you. All right. So, uh, Roethlisberger is, is uh, you know, the Steelers say he's coming back. What can this offseason mean if there's more of a normal offseason, even though it won't be completely, but to recondition that arm to a point where – they they can take more shots instead of being a, a dink and dunk team. You know, it's a good question. And um, it seemed like the combination of his age and that surgery he had and COVID and everything that goes along with that, I don't think he had uh, a very normal offseason. Although, you know, Steve, I don't know how much you would have thrown the ball anyway. You know, I mean, he might right. not have – they might not have wanted him to throw very much anyway, so maybe it didn't really make a difference. I think the hope would be that a year removed and a full off season of actually training and strengthening that thing would help him, you know, keep that thing stronger and be more productive in 2021. Right, so now let's flip it to the other side of the state. And the other side of the state, uh, Sirianni takes over as the head coach. Brian Johnson's coming in as the OC quarterback coach. What was your thought on that hire by the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, it's funny because when they hired Sirianni, it kind of reminded me of when they hired Doug Peterson. You know, they had Andy Reid for so long, Steve. He was so good. And then they had a bad year. So they said, okay, let's move on. They go to Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was obviously a disaster. And it was almost like they longed for the Andy Reid type again, and they you know, they couldn't get Andy Reid anymore. He was coaching the Chiefs. So they got the next best thing, and the next best thing was Doug Peterson, Andy Reid's offensive coordinator. It almost feels to me like they wish they could hire Frank Reich as their head coach because yeah. they really like Frank Reich. Carson Wentz really likes Frank Reich, but Frank Reich is the head coach of the Colts now. So they're not able to do that. So instead, they had to go with the next best thing, which is Frank Reich's offensive coordinator and the guy that when he got the job in Indianapolis, the first guy Frank Reich hired was Nick Sirianni, who he hadn't been with for a couple years. I mean, Frank Reich had been in Philadelphia in 16 and 17, but he thought that highly of Sirianni that he said, no, this guy's my OC, and he brought him from the Chargers. Amazing. Now, the big question is going to be, what does it mean for Carson Wentz? When you watched Carson Wentz, how much of it to you is a product of Carson Wentz 
And how much of it to you was a product of Carson Wentz trying to play behind an offensive line that seemed week by week from the preseason with Booker on was decimated? Honestly, Steve, I'm not one of those guys. You know this. I'm not one of those guys that always blames the quarterback or the coach. I think it's a team game. I played offensive line, as you know. Yeah, It was a lot of Carson Wentz. I mean, it was a lot of Carson Wentz. You know, he just – he got real gun-shy. He was hesitant to throw the ball, to pull the trigger. And if they were losing guys on the O-line, that just compounded things. Yeah, you know, I, I almost feel like he started to hear what people were saying about him with the turnovers and the interceptions, and so he started to get real hesitant to throw the ball. And they, the receivers they had weren't really getting a whole lot of separation. So, as usual, it's a combination of a lot of things. But in that Green Bay game, when he started to look down at the rush shortly after he got the ball, I knew he was done. I knew it was over. I knew they had to replace him. Because as soon as a quarterback is looking at the rush rather than their eyes downfield, they're a dead man. You just can't play that position that way. Quarterback should be looking up at the safety to start with and then start trickling down after that. You're looking at the rush. I mean, it's like the golfer that looks at the pond. Right. You know what's crazy, too, Steve? You know, I grew up a big Eagles fan, big Penn State fan. It's kind of crazy, isn't it, that in the same year, the quarterbacks for both programs regressed as much as they did, and it was so surprising. You know, I mean, Wentz, I don't know what happened there. You know, Clifford, at least you guess, I guess you could say he had a new offensive coordinator or system, but it's kind of bizarre how both those guys hadn't really turned it over. That hadn't been an issue for them. And then this past year, they both turned it over a ton. It was like yeah. bad, bad, bad juju, bad, bad mojo for the Eagles and the, uh, and the and the Penn State this year. Now you bring up Penn State. So Mike Yursich comes in as the offensive coordinator. As you and I both know, the work he did it for years at Oklahoma State, and then this past season was the OC with Texas. What was your thought on that hire? Well, Yursich is really, really highly regarded. Really highly regarded. And it almost feels to me as if, you know, maybe Penn State, I've seen this speculated, but maybe Penn State wanted to get Yursich a year ago and got outbid by Texas. You know, you, you never know. Um, and then now that he was available this year, now they thought, okay, now we can get him. It's funny, I know guys, Steve, that were on the same coaching staff with him at Shippensburg. And yeah. they still tell the story of when Gundy called the office looking for Yersich, <laughs> didn't know how to pronounce his last name, and all he knew was that Shippensburg was absolutely lighting it up. And he wouldn't <laughs> leave his name. They recognized his voice. So he's come a long way in a short time, but a lot of people give him credit for what Fields did a couple years ago. And obviously Oklahoma State, although you know what? Oklahoma State seemingly always has a pretty good offense. Yeah, no, they do along the way. The Super Bowl matchup is obviously going to be next week. So it's Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Now, we all know the quarterbacks stick out about the matchup. Okay. You're not one that's into the low-hanging fruit. That's why I like talking to you about things. I mean, 
what are a couple of el- other elements that you're looking at besides the low-hanging fruit in this game? Bucks D ends against the Chiefs offensive tackles. You know, there I you said go. it last week on, yep. on the Ross Tucker podcast before – before that matchup, you know, no Bakhtiari for the Packers. And I knew JPP and Shaq Parrott going against those tackles for the Packers was a mismatch for the Bucks. Steve, they had five sacks. I mean, five right. sacks between them. Shaq Barrett had three. JPP had two. Now Eric Fisher is out for the Chiefs. So now you right. got Mike Remmers and Andrew Wiley at yeah. offensive tackle. That is a matchup the Bucks can and have to win. Those guys have to be all over Patrick Mahomes all game without having to blitz. And that's a big part of it because if you blitz, you have to play man. If you don't blitz, you can run anything you want back there. Yeah, they got to get pressure with four men. They were able to do it against Green Bay a lot. You bring that extra guy, you're going to have – Somebody's going to be man-to-man against Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, and that's just that's just almost never going to happen. Those guys are unbelievable. I was on the sideline Sunday, Steve. I, I think Tyree Kill, you, you won't convince me that from flat-footed for the first 15 yards that he's not the fastest human being in the world. Now, I know, like Usain Bolt, sprinter stand, 100 meters. I get it, right? Like, he would beat him. But I'm saying flat-footed standing up, you know, no momentum, flat-footed for the first 15 yards. Wow, it, it's 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 like KJ Hamler on steroids, Steve. It, it is yeah. it is like breathtaking. Uh, from that field view, what did you think of the Kansas City secondary? Because when I went through the weekend, I said there were three dominant areas I saw: the rush by by Tampa, two I thought the Tampa offensive line, and three was the Kansas City secondary. Did I do okay? So good. So good. That's the thing that people don't realize, and I'm not even sure I realized it. The Chiefs' DBs, in particular their corners, they are good. I mean, yeah. they are really good. And they're not household names. I mean, people probably know Bashad Breland, but yeah. I don't think a lot of people know, you know, Fenton and Legarius Sneed, the rookie from Louisiana yeah. Tech, and some of these other guys. Ward, Javarius Ward's been awesome this year. I mean, the Bills, they played the Bills press man, and the Bills have some darn good receivers against man-to-man coverage, and they had those guys on lockdown most of the time. Yeah, and and Sorensen's come on and played well the last couple of years. Matthew, to me, is a guy that, you know, he finds the ball, always finds the ball. Hey, I've got to ask you about one of my favorite topics at myfrontpagestory.com. Because you and I have talked about this before, but with so many special events coming up, I think this is a really great thing to talk to people about. Well, here's the thing, especially for Valentine's Day, to be able to talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes and they write the most unbelievable story about your wife or girlfriend or fiancé, and for you to then get it, it looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It looks like it's on the cover of the Sunbury Daily item. It looks beautiful. Picture of her. When you give it to your wife and you say, hey, honey, I want to do something special for you this year, so I had a story written about you, that just sounds awesome. Like, who gets a story written about somebody? And then when she actually reads the story and there's quotes from you saying, I never thank her enough 
for everything she does for the family. I'm just telling you, she will cry and you will win. Myfrontpagestory.com. Trust me, fellas, myfrontpagestory.com. It is awesome, and I hope uh, people take advantage of it. We've taken too much advantage of your time today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you very much, Ross. Of course, Steve. Anytime, man. Take care. Ross Tucker joining us on the show. Peter King next half hour. We'll get into some of the topics we've discussed with Ross, but I also want to get into the situation in Houston with Deshaun Watson, and I want to get into it with the the Hall of Fame vote. We just had the Baseball Hall of Fame vote. Now I want to get into the Football Hall of Fame vote. In other words, even though they're, quote, not in the room this year, it's being done virtually, obviously, but... You know, what do they talk about? How do they go about doing this? There are only five spots. I mean, all that with Peter coming up in the next half hour. Final half hour today, Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus. Great to have you with us today on a low blood pressure day for Matt Catrillo on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. Peter King, next half hour. Our thanks to Ross Tucker, who joined us in this half hour. You can check it out on the Steve Jones Show podcast. Always great to have you with us. And uh, final half hour, Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus. I asked Austin, by the way, I'd send him some, because you know, you'd sent me video of Luke. I wanted Pro Football Focus to break it down. Oh, thank you. Um, they say he's years away. <laughs> Somehow I kind of knew that. I said, I said, well, how is he as a prospect? They said, well, the grades were low. Uh, so I, <laughs> I said, you know, he's one, right? And so they decided they were going to now grade it on a curve. So it turned out a little bit better. <laughs> oh, good. I primarily wanted to do that just to get start getting a look at the hand size, the height and weight, the uh, the vertical, all that stuff. <laughs> to see what we can build upon and go from there. Oh, I can see you, the two of you now spending all this money on every camp on the face of the earth. <laughs> see my kids, see my kids, see my kid. <laughs> all right. Just trying to rack up the scholarship money early and often. I, I, I don't blame you. I mean, you got to go for it. Okay. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Cube, Routes 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.